the streets of Cincinnati, welcome to the jungle! going on welcome to the show this is sports with strawberry ice i'm your host the ice man jeff trunnipole and as always i bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of cincinnati ohio home of jackpot joey burrow and the afc north champion cincinnati Bengals. now do me a favor if you found the show hit that like and subscribe button smash that thumbs up you guys are awesome i'm up to 1654 subscribers that is amazing. I made a huge jump this weekend. I appreciate every single one of you guys. That is awesome. Now, if you haven't subscribed to my show and you're watching on YouTube or Twitter, go to the YouTube channel, Sports Strawberry Ice, hit the subscription button, hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. And also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we are doing super chats. So if you like to make sure your comment gets read or just want to support what I'm doing, 
please give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys. I hope you liked the video I did earlier today. We're doing a lot of AFC North talk. I had Integrad on the show. He's a big Ravens fan. He's got a great channel over there. Make sure you guys go check him out. Now we got to get some talk from a Browns fan. But there's no Browns fans around here, so I got to go across the pond, as always, to my main man, Sean. He's from the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Sean, what's going on, brother? Oh, good, my man. How are you? Long time no speak. Exactly. Good to see you. Good to see you. How's how's everything across the pond? Everything doing good over there? Yeah, we're not doing too bad, mate. Not too bad at all. Yeah, weather could uh, improve, but yeah, it is what it is for uh, for April. So yeah, looking forward to talking some uh, some football, mate. Exactly. I, like I said, I don't know what the weather is like there, but it's still cold here. And I keep saying this: if it's going to be cold, and we don't have any football. I don't want it. I want, I want warm weather. I want to. I want to get some get some uh some football back. We don't know if, it, if it's going to be cold. But like I said, I had uh, Integrate on the show earlier today. We were doing some some uh, AFC North talk, you know, rapper style, Raven style. You know, I, I called him the Ravens when he was on the show. I called the uh, Clowns the Browns when you're on the show. So, <laughs> so what is your what is your thoughts with with the AFC North with what the Browns have done? I know Deshaun Watson. I know we got all the off the field stuff. I'm not even asking that, but just as far as just on on the field football, uh, what's your thoughts on the Browns moving forward this year? If we're talking purely football, let's face it, they've massively improved the most important position on the field. Um, if you look at it from from a purely talent perspective, and it's difficult to do that in this situation, but obviously if we just base it on that, he's legitimately in the conversation as one of the you know top five quarterbacks, you know, potentially in the league. Um it was never something I thought the Browns would even go for, never right. something that was on the radar. The last time we spoke, it was the last game of the regular season. I was pretty convinced Baku Hayfield was going to get the shoulder fixed. He was going to come back and we were going to see where we ended up. But, I mean, when it broke, really surprised, then kind of relieved when it was like the Browns are out of it because it's like it's a whole situation we don't need to deal with. Right, right. And then 24 hours later to get that he's actually signed, it was like, whoa. Um, Look, there's lots that leave a bad taste in the mouth. The guaranteed money's huge. The legal stuff is the legal stuff, but look, so purely from a talent perspective, um, and look, I, I seriously hope from the legal point of view that you know, let's hope it goes the right way from Deshaun Watson's point of view. We'll wait and see how that plays out. But certainly from a talent perspective, massively excited, mate. Massively, massively excited. It's a legitimate quarterback for the first time since I've supported the team. Um, he's got a history of elevating those around him, you know, which he's going to have to. You know, we've We've got probably one premium receiver. The rest, I've got to be honest, you're looking around at the depth chart thinking, who's he actually throwing this ball to? <laughs> right. um, you know, so, I mean, but like I say, from a talent perspective, it, it's huge, 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 huge gamble. Um, but if it pays off, then, like I said, we could, we could be sitting in three years' time thinking the Browns got a bargain. Um, you know, and then we'll wait and see. Yeah, yeah, you never know. And that, the whole thing with, with, with Sean Watson and I, just to bring up the legal situation a little bit as far as the season goes, because I, I think it's kind of interesting that some uh, bet makers have the Browns have uh, better odds to go to the Super Bowl than the Bengals do. And I find that hard 
because, well, one, I'm a Bengals fan, obviously. But two, you don't know how long Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for. He's going to, I'm 99% sure he's going to be suspended six games, 12 games, three games. I, you know, I don't know, which it'd be very interesting how Roger Goodell handles this because he's suspended. I cannot remember the guy's name, the guy from the Atlanta Bray or Atlanta, excuse me, Falcons. He's, uh, he's suspended him for a whole year for, for gambling or betting on his team, a whole year. Yeah. And now you have Deshaun Watson. Now, Deshaun Watson, none of these cases are, are, have been criminally charged or anything. It's all civil stuff now. So that I think that that goes to the variance of it as well there. But it's just going to be interesting of what, where the suspension is going to uh, – how long the suspension is going to be. Yeah, and yeah, in contrasting reports on that, aren't you? The latest that I've read today is that they think this legal stuff could potentially drag in for another 12 months and – if that is the case, he may not even get suspended this season. Any potential suspension might come next season. Um, like I say, you've just got, just got no idea at this stage. I think it stands to reason that there will be some suspension, regardless of whether or not there's anything that you know happens legally. I think there's enough precedent that's been set that, you know, just in terms of the conduct policy, I think it's basically six games is what I would be expecting. Right. That's kind of um, right, yeah. Yeah, I, I would be expecting six games. Um, you know, it's still a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, listen, in an NFL season that's seventeen right. games long, it's it's a huge, huge suspension, isn't it? I mean, you know, so, the so Browns go. I guess that brings me to this to this point. If if uh, Baker's still there, which I'd be shocked <laughs> if he's still there, but right now he's your backup quarterback. <laughs> and if, if if Deshaun's going to get suspended for six games, <laughs> is Baker going to be there for the back? I mean, I. That's the that's the next thing I wait to see. What are they going to do with Baker? You know, I mean, because it's not yeah. like people are banging the doors down to, to go trade for him. No, and, and listen. To be fair, I think the the situation with Baker, I would be I would be amazed if he plays another down um, with everything that's gone on. I don't, I don't think they've handled it very well. You know, I think they've done dirty by him. I said several times last year. I thought Baker was hurting his value by continuing to play. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he'd hurt it to the point that literally nobody in the league. Um, he's, he's coming calling for him, um, you know, and there seems to be some potential candidates still out there in terms of Seattle, in terms of Carolina. You know, maybe they're looking at the draft and we'll wait and see whether something happens post-draft. I think the difficult thing really for the Browns is they won't. If they release him, they eat the 18 million. So part of you thinks, well, they might as well keep him on the roster, eat the 18 million, even if he doesn't play for the year and then get the third-round compensatory pick the following year. Everyone's a loser in that situation, as much as you know. Right. The Browns pay eighteen million for nothing other than a third round compensatory pick. Baker loses a year of his career, mm-hmm. but you know, short of something happening post draft, it's it's gone very, very, very quiet, hasn't it? And yeah, like I, I say, mean, my 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 imp- my impression in January was certainly very wrong. Let's put it that way. Well, I'll put it there, Sean. It, it, I would be absolutely shocked if he is put the Browns uniform on on again because. Yeah. I just don't think a disgruntled Baker is a, a person that you want to keep on your football team, no matter what. I think it just for that fact alone, I think it'd be worth to, to get rid of the eighteen million. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And look, there's the potential that they just do that. You know, they've they've history of doing the right thing by players previously. If you remember the old Beckham situation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, they sort of renegotiated his terms to essentially get him released. Um, yeah, and, and I'm sure that something will happen there with. With Baker, um, but like I say, it's, it's looking like it's going to be post draft, isn't it? Now, so we'll wait right. to see what happens. 
get to Rob's comment here. And this is some of the delusional Browns fans. He says, said, as soon as the trade was announced, all the delusional Browns fans were saying how they were going to recoup one or two first round picks when they traded Baker. He said he was dying laughing. And that, that kind of goes to, to your point where, where Baker hurt his own stock. And I, you know, I, I do give Baker credit for, for playing through all, all that stuff. I mean, and it's come back to just bite him in the ass, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, and the ironic thing is with all of this is if you turn the clock back, he finished the you know the twenty Christ time moves quick, doesn't he? Twenty nineteen season when the Browns got the playoffs. Yeah, um, you know eleven and forty first playoff win. He was phenomenal second half of that season. Right. He started the first two games of last year, led the league in completion percentage when the injury happened. If he hadn't played another down from that point onward. There's every chance he would have been signing a, a long-term contract extension with the Braves yeah. based on his previous 10 games. Because the NFL is a what have you done for me lately league, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What they've unfortunately now got is 12 games of tape where he's playing with one arm, but he's playing and he's put together a pretty horrible season. There's no doubt he had a pretty horrible season. Um, you know, and ultimately they've decided to to move on from him. You know, there'll always be a question of, you know, what could have been. You know, there was there were certainly glimmers and look, you know, I've got no hard feelings towards him. He's he's turned the Browns back into a relevant franchise, which they were completely irrelevant for the previous decade. So he's certainly been the best quarterback that I've seen play there. That is a very low bar. I will give you that, Jeff, before you uh pile in on me there. It's a very, very low bar. Um, but yeah, look, it's um, yeah, they'll move on. I think we're all a bit surprised that they'll say they can't seemingly get anything back for him. When you think Carson Wentz went for a first-round pick last year. Right. That then, shocked me. I, I couldn't believe yeah. they got a first-round pick for him. I was, yeah. I, I was surprised. Now, this is one I kind of – I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but Crypt Keeper says he can see Baker going to the Seahawks this year. I, I don't know because I'm like – well, I, I put it this way. Maybe they're waiting to see in the draft if, they, if they're able to draft somebody. I, and I think that might be more when Baker has a chance to get moved, see – what quarterbacks are able to draft, or what excuse me, what teams are able to draft a quarterback? You know, you got you basically got the three guys of you got Pickens, you got Willis, and you got uh, uh, Ritter. Those are pretty much the, the three big ones. I, I know people like the kid from um, 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 Old Miss too. So, so I just throw him in there's your top four probably corner quarterbacks in this year's draft. None of them are are none of them are Joe Burrow or none of them are, are Deshaun Watson. I mean, I love Desmond Ritter. I mean, that's that's my favorite player for the Bearcats. But and I'm going to cry like a little kid if he gets drafted by the squealers which <laughs> looking more and more like that might happen but that, I, I just getting back to Baker I, I think that might be more of the time when the Browns might have a chance to move them yeah definitely Seattle's the one that's, that jumps out at this moment in time but like you say that, that could have happened at any point in the last two or three weeks if it was right. going to happen so I think it's definitely looking like you know post-draft and if it doesn't happen post-draft you know injuries always happen you know roll around to training camp and somebody get, you know, a starter goes down all of a sudden and, you know, there could well be some movement. It's, it's like I say, it's, it's far from ideal. Um, and like I said, the way that it's all played out, you know, it, it just leaves a bit of a poor taste in the mouth, really. So it's in everyone's interest that it gets sorted sooner rather than later, that's for sure. Now, Rob here says the, uh, the Seahawks are in a tough division and they have, I'm not going to say, that word is like crappy <laughs> roster and an old head coach. They're better off tanking and getting a new head coach and a new quarterback next season. And I, I'll, I'll put to you this one. This is as far as the Bengals goes. This is what I 
don't want to happen to the Bengals, uh, the the Seahawks. They, they signed Russell Wilson to that big contract, and then they couldn't sign anybody else. That's my fear with with the Bengals, and I don't I don't think it's going to happen. But Seahawks not that long ago were you know one of the top teams in the NFL, and and now like Rob said, you know they could be tanking and trying to start all over again, and they're not that 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 far away from being removed from being a division winner and a, a Super Bowl champion. Most definitely, mate. And look, there's one team that's booked the trend in the last decade, isn't it? And that's the, that's the New England Patriots. Everybody else goes in circles. Um, you know, and ultimately, we're all trying to be the next New England Patriots, aren't we, that have that consistent level of success year after year, playoff run after playoff run. That's what we're all striving for, you know. But obviously, it's a nice problem to have when you've got talent. You know, you right. certainly want the talent. And, you know, obviously, you just hope that the the best GMs figure out a way to, to get it all done, puts the value on the positions that matter the most. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, while you've got the rookies on the rookie deals is where you really want to try and cash in when your rookies are as good as, as what the Bengals rookies are at the minute. I say rookies, I'm including Burrow in that as much as Johnny's rookie deals. Right. Obviously, not right. a rookie right. now, but, yeah. you know, that, those guys in those first four or five years of their, their sort of NFL life, if you can get the premium positions and you've got that name in Burrow, you've got that name in Jamar Chase, for example, you know, once they're on their second contracts, you're going to be paying each of those guys, you know, Burrow's going to be what, 40 to 50 million a year. Chase is going to be 25 million a year plus. And, and all of a sudden you go from what you're paying them now, probably 25 million combined on the rookie deals. Yeah, you still got T. Playing. Higgins in there too. You can't forget forget yeah. about him too. So, I mean, exactly. You're going to be playing triple what you're paying now just for those right. three guys, aren't you? So, yeah. I mean, the, ne- the next Diggs, couple of years, I would say Stefan Diggs signed for a 96 million dollar contract extension. I mean, and I'm sorry, but Chase and, and T. I think are better than him. Both of them are. So, I that's where I'm uh, worried that the Bengals will not be able to keep both T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. I hope they will. But that's why I keep saying our, our Super Bowl window is right now. You got to go go for it and go go win it now. Last time I was on your show, my friend, it was just before the playoffs, and I think my, my closing words were go and win it now because you just never, ever know when you're going to be back, do you? You never, ever know when you're going to be back. And like I say, it, this is a stacked division again this year, absolutely stacked division again. You know, the Ravens have improved and retooled. You, you, you know, they would like to think that they won't have as many injuries to contend with this year as they did last. They seem to be very, very unfortunate on the injury front last year. As, as we've talked about with the Browns, let's assume for the, the moment that Watson plays a full season. Like I said, that they've single-handedly transfer, transformed the, the most important position on the field, um, you know, for the better. And, and the, you know, as much as I hate them and you hate them, you know, Pittsburgh will always be yeah. there or thereabouts with Mike yeah. Tomlin, won't they? I told me, me, me and integrators was talking about today. I said, I said, no matter what, I said, Pittsburgh still has a really good defense. I mean, and they got a really good running back. And if their quarterback doesn't turn the ball over, they're going to be in games. I mean, they are. It, it, I mean, they're, they're not going to be the juggernaut. And, and I think the Bengals and possibly the Browns, depending, I think they got to get some more wide receivers, but could, could put 40, well, let's say put 40, put a, a high score on them, a high enough score where, where the, the, the Steelers have a hard time keep, keeping up with them because. They can't score with them. That that's the thing. I, the only issue I, I would have with the Squealers is trying to figure out how they're going to score. You know, other than if you get behind. Yeah, no, definitely. Look, the the only thing with Pittsburgh is as, as stellar as a career as Big Ben has had. 
his last two years, you'd almost argue that they haven't actually dropped off at the quarterback position with Trubisky coming in. <laughs> true, um, true. You know, and we'll, uh, you know, he's certainly not obviously been in his prime, but you know, been the last two years has probably held that offense back. So it'll be interesting to see what Trubisky does with a second opportunity at starting somewhere. But yeah, look, you know, if you were ju- if you were writing down the, the teams on paper, most people would probably have the Steelers in fourth place, but. It's not a fourth place team that you're expecting to be three and fourteen or anywhere near the top ten of the draft come you know next off season. They're, they're going to they're going to be in and around five hundred. Yeah, that that's that's the team that they are. Like you say, Tomlin will have them in games. Um, so yeah, again, like I say, it's it's the best division in football. You can, you can I, I, yeah, I I think it is. Now I'll get the Rob's comment here. He's talking about the Bengals contracts of how and this is one that I have liked about what the Bengals have done with the contracts to hopefully prolong this window as, as long as we can. He said the Bengals can keep getting contracts like they have. Now with Ouzier and others, they can re- reproduce what the Patriots have pulled off along with good drafting. And that, that's the thing. Too. And the other thing, though, we, and I keep saying this is Tom Brady took less money. And I know he took less money because he's married to Giselle and she's making you know way more money than he is. So it's a lot easier to do that. Joe Burrow doesn't have that. So I'm hoping Joe Burrow, Jackpot Joey Burrow doesn't just destroy the bank, you know, and go get an Aaron Rodgers or, or, or a Patrick Mahomes contract is what I'm, I'm hoping and praying. Yeah. Look, and I think the thing is with the Tom Brady situation, like you say, he's, he's probably taken slightly less money throughout his career. You know, he's took a slight discount, you know, he's still obviously been paid right. very, very it's handsomely. Like, it's not using yeah. a poor house or anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, but look, I think, I think ultimately the best quarterbacks know that their best chance to succeed is with a supporting cast around them, don't they? You know, it's as simple as that. And you can already see some of the repercussions of some of these contracts already. You know, Aaron Rodgers signed his big deal. Devontae Adams doesn't sign a deal. Patrick Mahomes signed his big deal a few years ago. All of a sudden, you know, Tyreek won't be down there anymore when he's throwing those deep bombs. So it it does obviously have repercussions. But this is the beauty of the NFL. And this is what I always say to people this side of the pond that don't get into it and can't understand it. And... I say to them, you know, it's every team has the same opportunity as each other. It's built on parity for the bank for the best part. It's trying to keep it competitive. And that's what you love about it. You know, every Sunday everyone's got an equal opportunity. And um and yeah, like you say, you hope that if you do land on your guy, that um he realizes the importance of that supporting cast around him. So yeah, fingers crossed that um that Joey Burrow for you guys um, will take that discount. So uh, let's bring it back to, like I said, we're going to discuss the AFC North here. We've kind of done a lot of Bengals and Browns, t- touched on the squares a little bit. And, and like I said, I had Intergrad on here, uh, or Intergrave, sorry, on here earlier today. And I, I was talking with him that I think the Ravens are, are still going to be a pretty good team as long as they stay healthy. Their problem last year is they were not healthy. Now, I, I told him that and I said, but we did go in to Baltimore when you were healthy and beat you. So <laughs> we, we, did, we, we didn't, we, the first guy for, or the second time we played you, you, you guys were, you know, the Ravens were very, very injured. Second, the first time they weren't. So, uh, you know, I got to, you know, two my own, own horn there, but it comes down to them being healthy. Uh, they're, they're going to be in it just as much as the Bengals or the Browns are going to be. Most definitely. I think if you look at the Ravens, you know, last year compared to the season before, you know, the running back room was unrecognisable. You know, they they went from having Ingram, Dobbins, Gus Edwards. They obviously moved on from Ingram last offseason. Then they lost the two guys to injury. So it was big part players playing throughout the course of the season. 
Um, you know, Lamar almost seemed as though he wanted to try and put more on his shoulders, which isn't necessarily his game. They've built the roster around what he's good at, which is, you know, let's face it, it's running the football. It's Lamar's big passing plays come off broken plays more often than not when he's out scrambling outside of the pocket, um, you know, and, and things happen there. You know, he, he's still got Mark Andrews and that's a phenomenal connection between those two. Um, and that will still exist, obviously. But um, I think the key thing, as you say, it's that injuries. You know, they they seemingly went through tons of injuries right across the team. And you know, let's not forget the Ravens were one of the favourites to to sort of go all the way to the Super Bowl last year before you know a ball was was kicked, so to speak. Uh, and you don't see any reason why, like I say, that they wouldn't be in the conversation again this year. If you look at the free agency period, you know their sort of additions and subtractions, you know, probably equal sort of where they were. And then you think, well, you get the guys back from injury. Um, you know, I think I think they're, they're, they're very well tooled to make another good run out. I think, that, is it, was it Williams, the safety? Is it Marcus Williams? Um, was the safety that they brought in? Is it Marcus Williams? For for the the Ravens? Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I thought he was an excellent pickup. I'm sure it's Marcus Williams. I'll probably correct myself in a minute, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, they're, they're not they're, they're again another great side and and phenomenally well coached as well. I always give Tomlin a lot of credit, but Harbaugh's is just as good, isn't he? You know, he's been there seemingly forever. You know, obviously it seems like the Browns go through a head coach every two years, and and the the, the Ravens and the Steelers just keep trotting back the same guy year after year. And it says a lot, says an awful lot for the consistency and the standards that those guys produce. Yeah, that, that's one thing. You, it's kind of interesting point you brought up there. That actually, all of the teams, except for the Browns, I'm sorry, but all of the teams have 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 been consistent with their head coaches. I mean, we had Marv Lewis here for years. Now I've had Zach Taylor for the last three years. You know, uh, Steelers had the same coach. Harbaugh's been been there forever with Baltimore. So maybe now the Browns will, will, will keep Stefanski, and and you know we have some of the uh, longest tenured uh, coaches. And and I think that goes. To, to a lot we're seeing uh, helps with stability uh, in in your organization and and, and the, the same mindset and, and the same uh, uh, outlook or where you're trying to where you're trying to get your team to. Most definitely, and and, and it's it's something that Browns fans just aren't used to. There were rumblings at the back end of last season because it was it was a pretty poor season. It certainly hadn't lived up to the expectations that you know there were, there were Browns fans talking about Stefanski's got to be replaced and. I was sitting there shaking my head in disbelief with some of the stuff that I read. It's like this guy was the NFL coach of the year in his rookie season. He's just won you the first playoff game in forever. Um, you know, and here you are 12 months later running the guy out of town. It's just absolutely bonkers. But yeah, that like I said, that's the nature of the beast, unfortunately, isn't it? You know, people want instant success and actually that sustained success is built up over that period of consistency. Getting the guys in, you know, how many times we change coaches who want a different quarterback, they want to run a different offensive skill system, they want to run a 4-3 instead of a 3-4 defence and your roster building goes back two or three right. years and mm-hmm. before you know it, you've cycled through it all again and like I say, all the other, all the other teams in the division are just, I mean, he's, he's continuing to pull away from you, so I think they've nailed it with Stefanski, I really do, the way he carries himself and everything, well, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see, it's obviously a results-driven business, but certainly the way he conducts himself, um, you know, I'm pretty confident that he should, in theory, be the Browns coach for a long, long time. He should. Now, Crown Advocate here has a very, very serious question to ask you. Do you claim to know Kieran? That's all we want to know. Do you actually claim claim <laughs> to know that guy? I do, I, I do claim to know, yeah. Through association more than anything else, Kieran's, uh, 
Kieran's a legend. He's uh, he's a feisty little boy, but yeah, he's uh, he's good fun, Kieran. Good fun. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, uh, before the show started, we, we were just kind of talking about talking about what we're, we're going to talk about and everything. And I, and I just for some reason, oh, I was talking about vacation. That's what it was on. How I was uh, dominating in cornhole until my son started playing, and my son <laughs> unfortunately beat me in every single game, and he was undefeated. Anyway, I asked, I said, I said, Sean, you ever played cornhole? You ever heard of it? You're like, oh yeah, I played it, and you're like talking about this this bar or whatever that Browns fans all get together in this village and everything. And I'll, I'll let you go ahead and uh, finish the story there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was a strange old story really. Cause yeah, cornhole is something that I experienced. Um, when the Browns came over to England, well, 2017, I think it was now they played at Twickenham. Um, and one of the things that became apparent through all of that with social media and everything was that the Browns have, a couple of internationally recognised official member clubs of the of the, of the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. um, and when we were trying to arrange fan meetups and get-togethers, you know, like I said, these two clubs started sort of interacting, and what we agreed to do was we then agreed to have a once-a-season meetup. And this mm-hmm. little this little club, you wouldn't. I, I, it's so hard to sort of try and explain the size of it because the, the U.S. is so I, big. I can share the picture. <laughs> you, you can share the picture by all means. The U.S. is so big compared to the U.K. But this <laughs> this little village is essentially about three square miles. There is absolutely nothing in this village apart from one pub. And by the looks of that picture, everyone in the village supports the Cleveland Browns. Um, <laughs> right. And it's a phenomenal little group. Um, they hire out this pub. Um, and everybody comes out on a Sunday night to, to watch the games. Um, and because there was these two clubs connecting, they actually hired out the village hall and we were playing cornhole before the Browns game. I think we were playing the, I want to say it was a game against the Chiefs that we were watching on the on the telly that evening. Um, but yeah, that was my only ever experience of cornhole. And I've got to say, you your son would probably kick my ass to be fair, <laughs> because uh, Cornhole certainly wasn't my strong point, but yeah, it was a it was a it was a great day. You could probably just about see me on the right hand side of that picture with a dog bone on my head. That's me. So yeah, so yeah, there I am. Just you, you, about you were dressed to the nines that day. You're you're ready to go out. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. But yeah, it's um it's amazing, really. Because I remember when I started watching the NFL, I was so naive. You think you know you're the only person in the country that sort of follows this weird, bizarre sport from across the pond and. You know, you're up in the middle of the night watching it and, you know, why am I doing this to myself? And then all of a sudden <laughs> right. you realise that actually there's millions of us in the UK. And like I said, to have um, to have such a passionate group of fans, that was a really great night. It was a great weekend. It's a, it's a highlight that we look forward to every year, getting, uh, getting all the fans together. It looked like a lot of fun, I'll tell you that. Now, I know Crip asked in the uh, chat earlier here if you uh, were a Browns fan from uh, – uh, here it is. If you're a Browns fan from when Bernie Kosar was their quarterback, but I, I don't think you were a, a football fan back then. That's not no, the Yeah, it's been 13, 14, well, 14 years now I've followed the Browns. So, yeah, 14 years I've, um, I've followed them. I've followed the league for a little bit longer than that, but generally um, just used to watch it casually as a fan and then decided to, to sort of root for a team. So it started to mean more, um, as you do. So, yeah, 14 years I've plumped for. The Cleveland Browns. They always say that the Brits love an underdog, so I thought I'll go with an unfashionable team. <laughs> and as we were saying earlier, so it's a league built on parity. If they're rubbish now, it will soon turn around, and I'll have plenty to look forward to. Fourteen years later, I've had one <laughs> playoff win. So yeah, you're still waiting for that. that well, trust me, I, I I feel your pain. I, I I've been a Bengals fan my whole life, and I went through the whole. 
decade of the 90s, and that was rough because we didn't win crap. We didn't go to the playoffs. We didn't win nothing. It was extremely, extremely difficult. So you became a, a football fan. And how did you guys uh, – how long have you guys been doing the, the full 10 yards? I know you got a draft guy coming out here, but when, when did the full 10 yards start? Yeah, full 10 yards about four years ago now. So, yeah, it was again, that was just a group of us friends just – Similar to what you're doing now, just got on the microphones. We started having a chat with each other. We thought, you know what, we'll start recording this and we'll put it out on air. And and yeah, that's kind of grown arms and legs. So yeah, really proud of the work that we do there. We we actively put the the small amount of money that we generate back into the game in the UK. Um, really proud to say that we've recently sponsored um, disability football in the UK. Um, we actually provided a lot of equipment for the, um, the disabled game um you know which is much needed funds because it's not it's not a huge sport over here you know if it was if it was soccer as you guys call it it gets funded massively at the grassroots level um yeah. but when it comes to when it comes to american football it, it just doesn't get the same sort of funding or recognition so we were really really proud and really really pleased to to be able to put some support there so people that haven't got the same privileges as as everyone else, you know, are still able to go and enjoy the sport that they love. So yeah, we've um, we've sponsored that this year. The the actual UK um, sort of American football scene kicked off this weekend with the first round of games actually in Brickball, um, as it's known over here. So yeah, that's um, that's up and running. So we're like so really proud to sponsor that. So yeah, really proud of the work the guys do. It's just a really good bunch of guys. You know, there's there's, there's loads of us. Couldn't even count how many there are of us now. Uh, with a full 10 yards and then some now, mate. That's what I would say. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Like Sean said, that's awesome stuff there. That's really cool. Now, you guys, uh, you guys, I know Kieran's been telling me uh, nonstop about the uh, draft guide that you guys got coming out. And I've been telling everybody it's coming out sometime soon. When, when do you think, how, how close are you guys getting to, to, to publishing this thing? Should be out this week. Should be uh-huh. out this week. He's, I am reliably informed by the man in the know. I did say I was coming on your show tonight, and I knew it would be a question that you would pose. So, yeah, it should be out um, Should be out this week. We'll obviously tweet all the details of how you can get your hands on um, a copy and everything. Um, so, yeah, we'll be sharing that with, with everyone. The guys have put so much effort in, as they always do, to to watching film and look, I know there's plenty of guys out there that do this in a professional capacity and, and all the rest of it. But trust me when I say the guys last year put together a phenomenal guide. You know, I can look back at it now with pride. There's so many players that they called out that were under the radar that have, that have come to fruition. Um, and yeah, like I say, it's, it's a, it, you know, it's a really is a team effort and, you know, fair play to all the guys that have put all the effort and the hard work in. So looking forward to seeing it myself, mate, should be out this week. That's awesome. Now, is it going to be uh uh, a paper guy, paper book, or is it going to be a, be a, a ebook or whatever? Where you email people. I believe it's ebook. Um, that- I think that's. I believe that's the route that we are going. Um, but yeah, like I say, all the details will be confirmed. Um, so once we've we've um, we've sort of finalised that, we'll share all the details. And obviously, the beauty of it being an ebook, if it is an ebook, is you'll be able to get it straight away. Not have to to wait for postage and packaging and all of that kind of good stuff. So yeah, we'll yeah. Um, we'll share the details as soon as we can. Yeah, you don't have to wait three months for uh, – like I had to wait for my Super Bowl jersey here, my Ed McPherson. I ordered this uh, the week of the Super Bowl, and it just showed up this week. So, And my dog is announcing the presence of my wife coming home, so that's my dog. But, yeah, that's so uh, that's good. So if you guys are interested in it, where, where can they find this at and, and how do they uh, go about getting it? Yeah, so it'll be full10yards.com. Um, you know, if you're not um, following us on Twitter, it's at full10yards on there. 
we'll tweet out all of the details as and when it does get released. But yeah, like I said, the website, I'm sure it will be front and centre. Um, we'll splash it all out over there so you won't be able to miss it. And yeah, like I said, it'd be really appreciated. Like I said, any of the any of the profit that we make from it, it'll all be invested back into the sport that we all love as well, which is, like I said, what we're really proud of. So it's um, it's well worth investing. Um, and it will definitely, definitely, I would suggest, be cheaper than some of the uh, professionals out there. Let's put it that way. Ah, you guys are professional. Come on. You, you, got, you, got, <laughs> you guys are professionals from Boston. That's always tell. That's always tell. <laughs> We like to at least think we know what we're talking about at times. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's that's one thing I keep telling people. Who are like, I'm like, yeah, they, they they sound funny to us, but they know what they're talking about. They they talk football. It's football. I mean, you know, trust me. If you know football, you listen to somebody talking about, you know, if they know what they're talking about or not. And you guys know what you're talking about, so I will definitely give you guys props for that. And I, I give you props for staying up and watching the games because, well. I would, but I grew up on football, so <laughs> you know it, it's in my blood, man. <laughs> we we love football over here. Dude, let's be clear: Thursday night football is a killer. Thursday night, Thursday night football is just yeah, that is rough. Thursday night is rough, and it's usually a terrible game as well. Thursday night, isn't it? So yeah, th- exactly. Thursday night football is pretty rough. The rest of them aren't too bad, but Thursday nights. Is- well, I, speaking of Thursday night football, I, I got a feeling that uh, the Brown uh, Browns Bengals game is going to be on Thursday night football. I don't know why. I just I can see that because I was honestly Sean, I was surprised that they didn't flex any of the the Bengals Browns games to you know Sunday. Night. I know the last one it was kind of year ending, so I guess that kind of were it fell on that. But beginning of the year that, that would have been a good one to, to put out there, but they never did, and I was. I was surprised how many times the, the Bengals were on in prime time once. I got a feeling it's going to change this year. <laughs> I think we're going to be on uh, maybe four times at least. You know, Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. So at least three of those. I think we're going to hit all of them. But I wouldn't be surprised if Bengals-Browns, the, the boo, as we call it, the Battle of Ohio, is is on, on Thursday night football this year. Yeah, it stands every chance, doesn't it? It's um, I think it's been played on a Thursday a couple of times. You know, Normally early part of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, it's... <laughs> You don't mind these prime times, so speaking from the UK perspective, it, it helps if it's a rivalry game. You know, it helps if it's one that you don't have to, you know, sort of get yourself up for psychologically. You know, it's, a, it's an easier sell than, you know, Browns against the Jags or Browns against, you know, the Seahawks or something like that. Do you know what I mean? If, it, if it's a game that means something, and I think in this division, all of the divisional games will mean something um, because it will come down to that divisional record. I'm pretty convinced of that. It'll be who's got the... Um, who's got the best record within the divisional play will no doubt end up on top. So yeah, it'll be, um, it'll be a good one if they, uh, they do get it on the box. Yeah. Haas said in the comments here, he said Bengals Browns for Thanksgiving. Maybe I honestly, I, I hope just for me, I hope it's the Bengals and the uh, Buccaneers because my sister, because my wife is from Florida. So mm. I'm already going down to Florida for Thanksgiving. And I already told my sister, law she's got season tickets for the Buccaneers. I told her two years ago, when I was down there, that, that that I knew the Bengals were playing the Buccaneers, that I was going to go. I invited myself, and she's really nice. Let me invite myself. <laughs> so I'm hoping it's over Thanksgiving, because that'd be perfect for me. I'm already going to be down there. I don't have to make a, an extra trip, but that would be that would be good. And we can't. I can't wait till the schedule comes out. We got what it may. We got another month still till that, that comes out. I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to find out where we're going, what we're doing. Yeah, that would be good. I mean, Thanksgiving's even better this year, isn't it? Because we've obviously got the, the Soccer World Cup England versus the States the day after as well. So, <laughs> ec- excellent couple of days of sport. There you go. Yep. Rob's calling it out of here. He said the Bengals are going 15-2. and two. Ooh. 
Wow. So, well, I got a question. What? Not, I'm not, I'm not asking for a prediction, but just realistically, I guess with with the the not knowing of Deshaun Watson, how many games he's going to play, and like you said, we, you, I think you guys still need to add a wide receiver or two because you only really only have one, and 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 you have the tight end. So, those are your two two of your best receivers. What is your realistic expectations? For the Browns, and I expect you guys to compete. Don't get me wrong; I, I'm I'm expecting that. But are you 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 expect him to go into division, wild card, or just improve, or where are you at on him? Uh, I think realistically, if you look back at where we were a year ago, I think the expectation would be to get back to the playoffs. I think the the roster is still pretty good overall. I think the defense is pretty good. I'd like them to get Jadavian Clowney re-signed. I think that would be. Huge. I thought he was an excellent compliment to Miles Garrett on that defensive line. Um, and probably not enough being said about the lack of depth that we've got there at the moment without Clowney. Um, so I'd like to see that one come to fruition. I think Amari Cooper will be an excellent signing. I think the price that we picked him up for <laughs> as well, when you look at what's happened since, right. has, been, has been a real bargain, um, mm-hmm. you know, and the contract as well. So I'm really pleased with that. Um, I think that will still potentially add a couple of free agents as well. I think everyone's sort of in this holding pattern now to the draft. I think the Browns would like potentially a receiver or an edge in that second round. Um, it depends on whether one of the big guys drops. I know Traylon Burks is one that he's talked about dropping because of sort of his testing stats and everything at the combine, but he's a player that was certainly talked about as potentially the Browns picking the first round when they had the first round pick. So if he did fall all the way down into the 40s, which will be a surprise, but then this time 12 months ago, it was a massive surprise when JOK fell into the 40s. Right, right, um, right. So you never know what's going to happen on draft night. Um, Sanders is the one that I think a lot of talk about for the edge position. Um, you know, So I think he'll be edge or wide receiver heavy in the draft. And then we'll reassess the roster from there. Like I say, if you, if you imagine that Deshaun Watson instantly probably gives you an extra three or four games compared to what Baker was able to give you. You take on board the fact that, like I said, the Browns had their share of injuries last year. And look, every team has injuries, so I'm not using that as an excuse, but these things tend to go in cycles, as we said earlier. Right, right. You know, the, the Browns probably won't have as many injuries to key players next year, just by process of elimination. I'd like to think that, like you said, there would be in and around that sort of 11, 6, 12 and 5 kind of mark. Um, and if you get to that kind of mark, I would imagine that you're certainly going to be good for a wild card. Potentially, a division depends on how competitive the North is. And like I say, I think those those divisional games will be absolutely key. They really will be absolutely key. And it's interesting, really. Rob's put you down there as being 15 and two. So I'm assuming that he thinks the Browns are going to beat you twice. Obviously, that's. Uh... <laughs> and those are be the two losses against the Browns. <laughs> now, now my my thought process here with the Bengals here is, is you know we had such a good year last year and our offense. Was well better, way better than people thought it was going to be. Our defense, our defense was way better than people thought it would be, and yeah. we had the big gaping hole of the offense line, and we have fixed it. I mean, with Lyle Collins and Cap, Cap, and and uh, Ted Karras, and who knows, maybe maybe Linenbong if he if he actually falls to us, that would be awesome. If not, I, we got Jackson Carmen or Deontay Smith that could put, play a guard. I think our offense line is fixed, and it's went from one of the worst offense lines to in football into a top ten. Uh, offensive line. Now, to me, if the Bengals stay healthy, I don't see, and I'm not trying to throw rocks or anything, but 
we should win the division. That's what I'm. That's where I'm at. I mean, if we we did it last year and we did and we did it with a terrible offensive line, and we've brought basically everybody back except CJ Uzama, and our offensive line is better. As long as we stay healthy, I think this division is is ours, and everybody's going to have to try to take it from us. And fifteen to two, that's that's a bit much. I don't know if we're going to be there yet. I'm not ready to make any predictions <laughs> yet because I want to see where the, what the schedule is actually like first. But that's that's where I'm at, and I, I yes, it's it's a tough division, and, and the AFC is tough, but it doesn't scare me. I just I really think what the Bengals did last year, it's just uh, in the playoffs alone, going to Kansas City and winning, going to Tennessee and winning, doing that with, I mean, I mean Zach Taylor had a play, he had plays options he couldn't even use because of the offensive line. He couldn't do them. You know, we didn't have a five step drops. You couldn't do that. They didn't have time to do it. These are things that. He can actually do this year. So it can open up a ton of stuff for the Bengals on the offense. And Joe Mixon, this is one thing. I, I am so excited to see Joe Mixon actually run behind a legit offensive line. And I don't think it's going to be – he's going to get have a ton of carries. I think it's going to be more quality of carries instead of quantity. You know, because he's going to be able to, to, to make his cuts – beyond the offensive line, which is something that he hasn't been able to do very much here. So that's where, I, like I said, I'm here to, I guess, toot my own horn, but I, I think the division runs through Cincinnati right now until somebody knocks us off. Yeah, and I think you've got every right to feel that way. I think, the, you know, I felt exactly the same about the Browns 12 months ago. You know, we'd obviously, we didn't win the division, but obviously we, we beat Pittsburgh in, the playoffs, which I think by default means that you should win the division, but that's a different story. There you go. Um, you know, and I felt exactly the same. You know, we'd improve the roster, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I think you know that was enough for me to be convinced going into last year. Look, you've got every right to be confident, and I think the the betting lines would suggest that he's going to be a very tight three way tussle. I don't think. I know Rob's probably saying it in jest. I don't think anybody sort of thinks that anyone's going to run away with this division at 15 and 2. I just think yeah, it's too yeah, competitive. Right, right, right. right. I, think, I think the division winner is going to be 12 and 5, 13 and 4, are probably the absolute best. Um, you know, and there's every chance that the Bengals will be certainly the ones to beat. But they'll, they'll have the pressure. It'll be interesting to see how they respond to it. I think last year, you obviously didn't have necessarily the expectations. Um Dealing with those expectations is often the difficult thing, isn't it? Now that you've been there and you've done it, people will be looking to, to knock you off your perch. And obviously the, the one thing that really works in everybody else's favour in the division, and particularly Baltimore, is because they finished in that fourth place position, their games, if you like, against the, the ununique opponents are so, so much easier on paper. Um, than than anybody else, aren't they? You know, what did they end up with? They ended up with was it the the Jags in, instead of you know you guys have got to play the Titans and mm -hmm. and all of that right. and all of that kind of thing. You know, there's three or four games there that on paper look like just gimmies to the the Ravens, don't they? Um, <laughs> right. you know, so so that that's something to bear in mind as well. But look, it'll be it'll be fascinating. There's there's plenty of twists and turns to happen between now and kickoff because, like I said, the draft obviously always plays its part. Um, and like I said, the second wave of free agency will tell us a lot as well. Um, but yeah, certainly, I think you're right to, to have confidence with where the Bengals are. I certainly think Lael Collins is a great pickup. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've got to be honest, I'm not as convinced on the other two, but that's, you know, I think everybody would say the same thing in terms of Lael Collins is the standout of those three. Absolutely. But as you said, Joey Burrow got sacked 
what was it, seven thousand times last seven, year, and you still, you still, times. still, you still made the Super Bowl. So, right. yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, I got to, this is a good uh, question here for Tom Tom Brooks here. He says, uh, this is a statement, and then, then he asks a question, question. Deshaun has yet to win a high-pressure game except for Clemson. And he said, I think he may have trouble when games get close, which everybody remembers his last playoff game was against the Chiefs when the Texans collapsed, <laughs> you know, and the Chiefs came back and beat him. So that is, that is kind of a, a point that he's going to have to – a hump he's going to have to get over, you know, moving forward. Oh yeah, listen, most most definitely, there's no doubt about that. I think the, as you mentioned there, that, that game that the Texans collapsed. I mean, you know, it was essentially the the defense just disappeared, didn't it? I think was it like six drives, six touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it, it was. Yeah, yeah, so you know, look, any quarterback needs help from from the defensive side of the ball as well. You know, most weeks, if you put up 28 points on the Kansas City Chiefs. In a half of football, you would expect more often than not that you're coming out on the winning side. Now that doesn't change history. He absolutely is a valid point. And like you say, with any quarterback, until they get over that hump, the question mark will always remain. Um, you know, but the last time he played in the NFL, he ended up as the you know passing leader on the season with a team mm-hmm. that finished, what was it, three and thirteen or four and twelve? It was a sixteen game season then, wasn't it? You know, in mm-hmm. You know, he, he finished the league leading passing there. I appreciate that's not a big game situation. I get that. But I think what I'm saying is Deshaun's got all of the tools that are there that he needs um, to be able to produce it. And I would suggest that if the Browns do end up in the playoffs in 12 months' time or nine months' time, however long away we are now, he's going to have a much more complete roster than what he had at Houston. Because I think the Browns are balanced in terms of both sides of the ball have got the potential to be good units. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Sean, you give me almost an hour. I appreciate you coming on. Again, plug plug the full 10 yards podcast and your uh, draft guide before I let you get out of here. Yeah, pleasure as always, mate. Absolute pleasure. So, yeah, full10yards.com is the website at full10yards on Twitter. Uh, as we discussed earlier, the draft guide will hopefully or should be released this week. Um, we'll get you all of the details and you'd encourage everybody to download your copies, um, and please leave us some reviews and ratings and all that kind of stuff. Share it with uh, with your friends. And like I said earlier, anything that we do, all of the profits that we make all go into the game in the UK. Um, you know, so really, really pleased and proud of, of what we do week in and week out. So appreciate you having me on, man. I'm sure we'll talk again uh, in the off-season. Pleasure as always, buddy. Absolutely, Sean. Thanks for coming on, man. Take it easy. Cheers, bud. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. As much as I did, I, I get to uh, Hoss's uh, counter here, and I did see it. Lel's uh, Collins' new tattoo—it's—it's it's awesome. It is freaking awesome. It's on its calf. It's a Bengals—I think it's a Bengals head or Bengals eye—and then it kind of goes down to his leg to to Bengals stripes and everything. It's freaking cool looking. But that—that that is very very cool that he's already got a Bengals tattoo on his uh, on his leg. So. That was uh that was that 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 was unbelievable. I mean, I can't believe the first thing he did without even getting on the teams. He goes and gets a tattoo, so that was very very cool. All right, so let's get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys there. Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Bearcat Country, Bearcat Ruckus, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and since that Reds riding third, heading for home. And then you can always follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. 
I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopol. TikTok is at Iceman90. Please make sure you follow all this. I've been doing a lot of cool TikToks and stuff like that. And Hunter Green, Crown, if you're still out there, Hunter Green was the man. And he, he Crown uh, commented on, on something on the, on the uh, ice bar. And he said, I told you Hunter Green was going to be good. I never said he wasn't going to be good, Crown. I just said he wasn't ready last year. <laughs> so that's all I was saying, man. I thought he's ready this year. I can't wait to see Nick Lodolo too. So anyway, so if you missed any of the show tonight and you don't have time to watch it on the YouTube, go check it out on the podcast. It's on Beanpod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. Leave a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, like I said, unbelievable weekend. I, I've jumped so so much in the last couple of weeks. It is awesome. I'm at 1,564 subscribers. That is awesome. I, I appreciate you guys. Like, tell, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everybody about sports with strawberry ice. I appreciate it. I'm trying to get to 2,000 as fast as I can, hopefully before the football season starts, hopefully by the time the football season starts. Hell, hopefully before then. Who knows? It's growing like crazy right now. So, please, uh, I, 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 I enjoy doing all these videos. I'm glad you guys like them. Make sure you hit the thumbs up. Give me, you know, give me the thumbs up on the channel. Give me the thumbs up on the videos. Comment on the post I'm putting on the YouTube channel. Everything that, that I'm doing, you guys can comment on. If you don't like what I say, that's fine. We can discuss it. Sometimes I can't get back to everybody. I apologize for that. But I do read all of them, and I appreciate all of your comments and everything you guys do. And I appreciate you guys watching the channel and support me in what I've been doing over the last three years now, guys. I've been doing this for three years. Unbelievable. Time flies when you're having fun. But tomorrow, now, tomorrow is opening day for the Cincinnati Red. So what I'm, I don't have a guest on so what i'm thinking about doing i've seen other youtubers do this and i want to watch the game anyway so what i'm kind of thinking about doing is i'll have the game i'm not gonna have the game on here i'll have it on the tv over there so i can watch it and we can have live baseball chats you know about the game about what's going on you know we can discuss it you know and i'll try maybe do a little play-by-play or something and i'm not saying i'm gonna do the whole game but I might do the first inning or two or three or whatever. So the show will probably be on a little earlier tomorrow. I'm probably going to come on about the time uh, first pitches, which is about, about 4.05. So if you guys are interested, check it out tomorrow. That'll be something interesting to do. Like I said, I've seen other guys do it. We'll check it out, see how it works out. Anyway, other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!
black and white, we build it. 